Hey, welcome to 2024. My name is Brett. This is the Saints Church Glastonbury podcast. I'm so glad that you're here to launch into a brand new year. This message is called It's a New Season. It's a word for our church and it's a word for you as we launch into 2024. What I want to do as we kind of launch into uh, 2024, anyone that sneak up on anybody else? Just me? Uh, Is I just want to share a word that I have that I believe is is for our, our church, but it's also for us as individuals. It's kind of hitting us on two levels. Um, and I, I believe it's going to help us move into what comes next, because I think with 2024, you know, we kind of we kind of do all these things with like Happy New Year's like, OK, I'm going to set goals and I'm going to do all these different things and resolutions, all these little tiny things that we're looking that we need to do or we need to accomplish. And the truth is, those are all good things. Uh, they're good things, whether it's health or you want to spend more time with your family or you want to hit a certain goal. Those are, those are really, really good things. But the question that we have to ask ourselves as we're kind of preparing ourselves for a new year is, are those good things or are they God things? Are you with me? Are they good things or are they God things? And so as we move into uh, 2024, I, I got a word for us. And uh, I've, I've been teasing it out here a little bit. You might have already heard it. And, and has anyone ever done like a word for the year? You're like, this is my word for the year. I'm not that guy, okay? I'm not that person. Uh, <laughs> my wife, Desiree, she does those things. And she's like, oh, my word for this year is this. I'm like, that's so good. My word is, I'm just going to keep going. You know, I'm just like, I, I don't have a word. I'm just going to keep going. But this year specifically, I really felt like uh, in my heart that the, the God gave us a word for us as a church in word. Uh, for for all of us as we kind of move into 2024, and here it is. It's 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 not. It, it doesn't feel all that profound. It t- kind of even feels maybe a little silly to say, but I think it's going to help us understand what's coming next. And the word is simply this: it's a new season. It's a new season. You know, Ecclesiastes three verse one says, "For everything there is a season, a time for every activity under heaven." Now. Technically, we're living in a new season. Technically, this is winter. But how many know we probably should have had our, our, our fall festival this week? Because uh, it's warmer than it was when we did our fall festival. Like, we, we have no snow. Uh, it's just like, I don't know what season this is. This is an in-between season right here. This is an in-between season. But any, and how many of us know that when we move into a new season, that things change in a new season? You dress differently. You do different activities. Like, my, my, my sons were mourning having no snow because they couldn't go sledding on Christmas. You know, you do different activities. You do different things in a new season. The way that you respond to things is different. The way that you structure your day and your time in a new season, like right now, it's just darkness all the time. You know, there's this, this brief window of, of sunlight. It's, it's different. And so I believe we're moving into a new season. And the, the way that we operated in the previous season does not work for the way that we're going to operate in the new season. Even for us on a personal level, for you on a personal level, the way that you have operated in the previous season is not how you operate. It's not how you think. It's not how you prepare for the next season. Uh, if you've got a Bible, and I know that there's, there's, there's a few of you that do, we're going to go to Exodus chapter 17. Exodus 17, because again, uh, if it's my idea, it's a bad idea. If it's a God idea, it's a good idea. So we're going to go to Exodus chapter 17. As we get ready for, it's a new season. And and I think what I, I could do is I could spend a whole lot of time proclaiming what the new season is going to look like. But the truth is, I don't know what the new season is going to look like. 
All I know is that it's here. It's coming. And we're stepping into it. But what we can do is we can understand how we need to be postured or change our hearts and change our minds to how we can step into a new season. You got to get ready to be repositioned for a new season. Anyone ready to be repositioned for a new season? <laughs> Pastor DeAndre, come on. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to jump right in. Exodus chapter 17, we'll start in verse 8. It says, while the people of Israel were still at Rephidim, the warriors of Amalek attacked them. So this, just to paint the scene, uh, if you've watched Prince of Egypt, you've pretty much been caught up. Uh, Israelites are fleeing, uh, are fleeing Egypt. They, they're running away. They were enslaved for generations. Hundreds of years they were enslaved. God sets them free. Let my people go. They go. They go free. God gets them through the Red Sea. He parts the waters. They go through. The Egyptians who are tailing them, they're falling back behind. They're drowned in the water. They can't get after them. The Israelites are leaving a land of slavery, and they're going to move into a promised land, a land of a new season. And they're in an in-between time. They make it into this desert, and they just get over to the other side. In fact, just two chapters earlier, they're singing celebratory songs about how excited they are to be out of Egypt. And then they go one more chapter, and they're complaining. Anyone been there before? You're like, I just can't wait for this new season. I just can't wait for this new year. I can't wait. We get three days, and you're like, I cannot wait for 2025. That's the Israelites. They like, they get into the new season. They get free. Here's, here's the problem with the Israelites in that moment. They spent hundreds of years in slavery and they had no idea how to live free. The problem with most of us as believers is that we have lived in slavery to sin. We've lived in slavery to our own ideas and our own understandings. And we have no idea what it is to live free in Jesus. That's why in 2024, we're moving to a season of new faith and new expectation. Because my limitation is not set on what was, it's set on what is. Or in better state than who was, who is, and who always will be. His name is Jesus. Sorry, I think we're at the wrong church, Pastor DeAndre. I don't think anyone's here today. I love that the Bible interprets the Bible and in... Deuteronomy 25, it gives us more context. It says, never forget when the Amalekites did to you as you came from Egypt. They attacked you when you were exhausted and weary, and they struck those, down those who were straggling behind. They had no fear of God. So these Amalekites, these enemies, they see the Israelites coming, and the Israelites are running. And now here's the thing. They've been slaves. They're not warriors. They're not an army. They're just a whole bunch of refugees trying to get somewhere. They're trying to get anywhere. They're trying to get to where God wants them. They're trying to live free. They're tired. They're weary. They're exhausted. And these guys, unprovoked, come up and start to attack them from behind. They're like, what? I thought we were free. I thought we were moving into a new season. I thought it was a, a new day. Verse 9, Moses commanded Joshua, choose some men to get out and fight the army of Amalek for us. Tomorrow, I will stand at the top of the hill holding the staff of God in my hand. The staff of God represented the power of God. So Joshua did what Moses had commanded and fought the army of Amalek. Meanwhile, Moses, Aaron, and Hur climbed to the top of a nearby hill. As long as Joshua held up, uh, sorry, as Moses held up the staff in his hand, the Israelites had the advantage. Whenever he dropped his hand, the Amalekites gained the advantage. Moses' arms soon became so tired that he could no longer hold them up. 
So Aaron and Hur found a stone for him to sit on. Then they stood on each side of Moses, holding up his hands. So his hands held steady until sunset. As a result, Joshua overwhelmed the army of Amalek in battle. Anyone heard this one before? Any church people go, I know this one. As we get ready to move into a new season, and a new season is coming, not not only at church, but also in your personal life, here's what we need to understand about a new season. With a new season, there often comes a new role. There's a new role that you must play. It might be in your employment. It might be at home. You have to step up, play a new role. It might be uh, in your friend group. It might be in your relational sphere. There's a new role for you to play. And also in a new season with all the excitement, there's also new challenges. You're like, what? I just got out of this challenge. I know. It's called the adventure of life. There's a new challenge. There's this old preacher's phrase. It's like this, new levels, new devils. Wow, nobody is here today. Okay. As we prepare to be positioned for a new season in 2024, there's kind of three protagonists, four in this, in this biblical account. You have Moses, you have Joshua, you have Aaron and Hur. For those of you who are Bible study nerds like me, you, what you'll discover is this is the first time Joshua shows up. Anytime the first time happens, it's significant. It's significant because Joshua wasn't a warrior. He wasn't a battler. These people were all just living in slavery. So how did a well-trained army lose to a whole bunch of refugees in the desert? Anyone ever asked that question? But here's what's different. Up until this point, Moses had been leading the people, right? Moses is leading. He's, he's the main guy. Something needs to happen. They go to Moses. Moses, we're thirsty, which happens earlier in this chapter. Moses, we're thirsty. And he goes and he's like, why are you people just complaining? We just started. We just got here. We're thirsty. It's like your kids. Like, I need water. You don't need water. You just have water. It's like we literally have a water machine in the lobby for people that need water incessantly. You don't need water. You're fine. They need water. We just need water. So Moses strikes the rock and there's water that comes out. So this whole, this whole group, this, this thing is used to going to Moses because he's the one that let them out. He's the one that set them free. But here's the thing about Moses. In a new season, Moses began to shift roles. What was Moses' role in this season, in this new season? His job was to appoint a leader and then watch and pray. There's many of us who have seen ourselves as protagonists. In the last season, you've been the hero. You've been the main character. You've been, the, you've been like the person who brings it to victory. You are the strategic one. You're the one that everybody looks to. But in this next season, it's your job to appoint the right person. That got quiet. You're like, what do you mean I got to appoint the next person? Our job is to raise up, to raise up the next generation, to raise up sons and daughters. And you're like, wow, I'm like 34. How do I raise up sons and daughters? You just trust people. You give them an opportunity. In this new season, it's a new role. There's some of us that are called to appoint a new leader and then go watch and pray. You're like, I can't watch and pray. If I watch and pray, nothing's going to happen and nothing's going to get done. You just expose where your faith level's at. Your faith is in your ability. You forgot that God was the one who gave you that ability. So for many of us, it's time for a new season and a new role where you need to go, you know what, you're the person that needs to carry this. You're the person that needs to accomplish this. I've carried it. 
It doesn't mean we drop and we abandon. It means we encourage and we empower. Second person is Joshua. Joshua is, is just a guy. We don't know at this point where Joshua comes from. He just comes out of nowhere. God tells Moses to go pick somebody, and, and Moses goes, picks Joshua. He becomes a general in a moment. There are some of you that are going to move into a brand new season. Some of us, I should say, that are moving into a brand new season. As you move into a brand new season, someone's going to come to you, and it's time for a new role. It's time for you to step up. But the question is, are you going to go ahead and fight that battle? Are you going to go ahead and step up? Are you going to go ahead and say, you know what? Yeah, this is my responsibility. This is my calling. This is what God's been saying to me. You know, how many times do you need to get somebody to come and talk to you and say, hey, this is what I think God is feeling for you until you can just acknowledge that you've got a call in your life? See, Joshua could have turned down that moment. But in this next season, Joshua said, you know, I'm going to go and I'm going to fight this battle. You might feel ill-equipped. Joshua was a slave. I don't know how to fight a battle, but we're going to go. You might not have all the tools and resources that you think that are necessary to accomplish the task, but how many knows that when God comes and he calls you to something, wherever there's a vision that comes from heaven, there's always provision from heaven. And God's going to come alongside and open up a door and put the right tool in your hand at just the right time. Here's what's interesting about the stick or the staff that Moses held. There's actually nothing important or significant about the stick. When Moses was full of insecurity, and he says, I can't do what you've asked me to do, God, God just asked him this question. What's in your hand? What's in your hand? You're like, I can't do what God's asking me to do. Let me ask you this question. What's in your hand? What's your gift, your talent, your ability? What's the things that he's given you right now? You're already equipped for this next season. The question is, are you going to step up and are you going to step into the next season that God has for you? Come on, any Joshua's in the house today? Now, here's the true stars of the show. Aaron and Her. H-U-R, not H-E-R. Aaron and Her. You're like, see? Never mind, I'm not going to make a joke. Anyways. You know, there's some days where you just decide it's not worth it. Today's that day. Okay. Aaron and Her. Did you notice what happened with Aaron and her? So this is this moment. Joshua's fighting this battle. Moses is up on a hill. As long as he's lifting his arm, and by the end, he's lifting two arms because he can't hold this stick anymore. He's just holding this stick in the air. And as long as he's holding the stick in the air, which represents the power of God, as if to say, we are surrendered. It's why we lift our hands. As if to say, we are surrendered to the plans and purposes of God. As long as you walk into a next season surrendered to the plans and purposes of God, he makes a way. The moment you say, no, we can do this. We got this. We got this in our own strength. He goes, no, 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 no. And Moses put his hands back up. Aaron and her, they're like, oh, man, we start losing every time he puts his hands down. Maybe he shouldn't put his hands down. So what do they do? They come with Moses. They're like, we're just supporting him. We're coming alongside. We're encouraging him. I'm sure her's on the side going, come on, you got this, Moses. Come on, Mo. You got this. Aaron's like, because he becomes a priest. He's like, we're praying for you, Moses. I think her's the hype man. He's like, let's go! You got this! And then they realize this isn't working. Like, he cannot, he does not have the physical stamina. He doesn't have the strength. So what do they do? They grab a rock and they, they stick it right under his butt. You go, you sit on that. You sit on that. What do they actually begin to do in that moment? First, they showed up. The second thing they did is they began to change the atmosphere. 
They began to change the environment. They said, you know what? In order for us to succeed and for you to succeed, for us to accomplish what God has for us, we need to change the atmosphere. We need to grab something so that you can, you can get positioned in the right place. And then Moses is like, oh, man, this is so good. Her's like, come on, he said it's so good. And Aaron's like, I'm so glad you're sitting on that rock. And Moses is like, guys, I, I, can't, I can't hold it. I can't hold it. See, what I wish they included was the text of Moses going, I, I got this. I, got, I don't got this. I don't got this. I wish, it's like, you know, like I wish they included that in scripture, but they left it open for me to interpret like this on a Sunday morning. I think I just destroyed my vocal cords with this, with that, by the way. Um, And then Aaron and her, they're like, you know what we could, you know, we could do Uh, instead of just like encouraging verbally, we could participate. And so each one of them grabbed a hand and they just held his arms in the air. It says till sunset. I don't know when they started, probably four o'clock. <laughs> but they just held his hands up until sunset. And they won the battle because they realized that while they weren't down on the field, though they weren't the person that was holding the stick, they could come alongside and they could hold up those hands and they could encourage and they could change the atmosphere and they could set the table for a miraculous move of God. How many errands and hers do we have in this place where you say, you know what, I'm not a forward person. I'm not an out front person. You might not be an out front person, but you're called number one to show up, to show up. Every time you show up, come on, it's an encouragement to somebody. I'm, I'm, I'm hoping, yeah. You know, there's just some people that walk into a room and you're just so glad to see them and you don't even know why, you know? Like, man, I'm just so glad you're here. I hope that you and I can each carry this infectious spirit. Why? Because the light and life of Jesus lives in us. You're already an infectious personality, not because what you have to offer, but because of who lives inside of you. And when you show up, you actually begin to change the atmosphere when you show up, because when you show up, the presence of God shows up with you. What we have done is we have abdicated our responsibility. We've decided that, that we can't do it, that we're not important, that we're not significant because we believe, begin to believe the lies that say you're not enough. But the truth is it's never been about you. It's about what God wants to do in you, through you, and around you. And when you show up, <laughs> and when you show up, things change. And then when you show up and you go, you know what, things like I'm here to encourage and I'm here to support. And then you know what happens? You just begin to notice things. You know, I don't know if your marriage is like this, but I don't notice anything in my house. Desiree's like, how did you not see that the counter was full of dishes? I don't know. The Lord gave me strength. I don't know. She's like, the kids have been yelling, Mom, for the last 35 minutes. Why did you do nothing? Because they didn't say dad. I said, I think she's downstairs. I think she's outside. I think she's. Oh, just me? Come on, every dad's like, come on, bro. You're like, I just kept playing the game. I wonder what might happen. If a whole bunch of people said, you know what, I'm going to show up not only to encourage, but I'm going to show up and I'm going to change the atmosphere. I'm going to notice that, hey, things need to change. I'm going to notice that 
that, that at this thing, when I, let's just use churches. And when I, when I get to church, the garbage is overflowing. I'm just going to go change that. I'm just going to take care of that. I'm going to change the atmosphere to make sure that I'm serving somebody else. Maybe you get to the job site and you realize that the job's not, not being handled or it's just not the way that it needs to be. And just, I'm just going to go over and above. You see, when you follow Jesus, uh, what you discover is you become an over and above person whether you like it or not. Because you just start to see things and you start to notice things because, you know what, I'm going to be present. I'm going to change the atmosphere because if I can change the atmosphere, if I can change the environment, then I can set this place up for a breakthrough on every level, in the natural and in the spiritual level. And then they go, you know, I'm going to go one step further. I'm going to hold those hands up. I might not be the person leading the charge, but I'm going to make sure that that person who's leading the charge, whoever it may be in your life, and it may, in fact, in this next season, be your son or your daughter or your niece and your nephew. You say, I'm going to show up and I'm going to do whatever I got to do to make sure that they succeed, to make sure that they win. (laughs) Clap in's hard. We're going to try, though. At the end... After they all win, I'll land the plane here. No, I might not. Okay, as they, I'm looking at the clock. I got so much time. Anyways, you're like, no, you don't. In Exodus 17, it says this. After they win, Moses built an altar there and named it Yahweh Nisi. Another translation says Jehovah Nisi. Yahweh and Jehovah are interchangeable. It's a whole other conversation. It's just the name of God, which means the Lord is my banner. Because while they didn't fight under any flag, they were just a people that were following God. They declared in that moment, we know who our banner is. We might not have the flags. We might not have the uniforms. We might not have the swords and the shields. But the Lord is our banner because the Lord is our breakthrough. You know, I, I, uh, we don't have cable at home. But at Christmas time, I buy TSN for a month. So I can watch Spangler Cup. Any Spangler Cup people in the room? Just me, cool. Uh, in World Juniors. In college football. Okay, we got whatever. The important thing is the Spangler Cup. Just get on board, okay? Um, and in every interview of every sports athlete ever who participates under the flag of their country, what do they say? Every Canadian says, it's just an honor to have the maple leaf on my chest. The real one, not the maple leaf one. (laughs) Josh is a maple leaf fan. We just play for our country. We know that everybody's with us and it's an honor to play for this flag. The truth is, it's an honor to live this life and to play for this flag. The Lord is my banner. He goes before me. He's right behind me. He's all around me. And you know, as they declared, the Lord is my banner, I realized something. You know, Joshua and all these guys, the chosen ones, they, Moses said, Joshua, go choose some guys and go fight. Joshua and the chosen one, I realized they weren't fighting for themselves. See, as we move into a new season, what you need to know is you're not just fighting for you. See, those chosen, that those warriors, those guys that went forward, they represented every man, woman, and child, and they fought and they won in the name of the Lord, and they were covered in prayer. 
See, you and I, we don't just show up now. We don't just wake up in, in 2024. You don't wake up for you. You wake up for your family. You wake up for your neighbors. You wake up your friends. You wake up in the name of the Lord and say, today is a good day because today I'm following Jesus one step at a time. He's got a plan and a purpose for me. I'm stepping into destiny. Every day that we wake up, every morning that we get out of bed, you're stepping into a new destiny moment. And you're like, I don't feel that way. Me neither. That's why David, all over the Psalms, lots of his Psalms are him telling himself how he feels about the moment. He says, bless the Lord, oh my soul. That's code for, I'm not feeling it today. But as you move into a new season, the stakes are changing. You're not just fighting for you. God's got a plan for you where exactly where you are. You started a new job three months ago, you're exactly where he needs you to be. You moved into a new neighborhood, you're exactly where he needs you to be. You've been in the same neighborhood for 25 years, you're exactly where he needs you to be. Now for others of us, there's a stirring, there's a stirring, there's a stirring that says, no, something's changing, something's changing. Don't change for the sake of change. This is a season to learn to hear the voice of God because he's going to lead you forward. But you're not just fighting for you. This change isn't about you. So for the Joshua's in the room, the question is this. Are you willing to answer the call? Are you willing to step up? Are you willing to say, I've never done this before, but I'm going to step into this because this is what God needs me to do right here, right now, in this new season. For the Moseses in the room, who's the Lord asked you to empower? Who's he asking you to encourage? Most importantly, who's he's asking you to pray for? And there, I, I believe in this next season, what, 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 this is my hope and dream. I hope that we can step into a brand new, bold season of prayer where we begin to take prayer seriously. Because for a long time in church, we've decided, you know, I'm going to go do something and we'll leave a few old ladies in a prayer room to pray. The truth is the battle was happening with the old ladies and you were just twiddling your thumbs doing what you thought was right. So in this next season, who are you praying for? And do you believe that God is answering your prayer? If you want to understand how prayer works, in the book of Acts, Acts chapter 9, we don't have it on the screen. I'm just going to tell you about it. Paul has a radical encounter with Jesus. He, he gets knocked down this bright light. He's blinded for three days, and he starts praying. This is how prayer works. You, you might not have seen this before. In, in Acts chapter 9, he starts praying. And as he starts praying, God starts st speaking to a guy named Ananias just down the street. Literally, Paul is praying in real time, and God starts speaking because he's God. He can listen and talk at the same time. You just thought your wife could do that. As Paul is praying... God starts speaking to Ananias and he says, listen, you're going to go down this road. You're going to go pray for this guy. Things are going to fall off of his eyes and it's going to open a whole new chapter on this planet. The gospel's going to go forward. Everything's going to change with this guy. Ananias is getting Paul's prayer request in real time. You're not just saying things into the night. You're not just whispering things in the morning. In real time, 
God is speaking. He's listening. And that's why when you get that little prompting in your heart where you just feel like, I think I need to do this, be reminded of this moment. When you get that prompting next time, remember, I'm on the other end of a real-time prayer right now. For the Aaron and hers in the room, here's a question for you. Who can you show up for? What atmosphere can you change? Whose hands are you holding up? Come on, we're just getting repositioned for a new, new year and a new season. Last question. You'll notice in Exodus 17, and you find it in Deuteronomy 25, that the Israelites were attacked from behind. And those who were attacked first were those who were weary and those who were tired and those who were straggling. Question for you. You can ask yourself, am I open for an attack? Am I open for an attack? Because I'm falling back. Because I'm exhausted and I'm tired. Is it possible that you're exhausted and you're tired because you're trying to find direction and you're trying to find purpose and you're trying to do it in your own strength and you're trying to do it in your own capacity and you're just trying to make things happen and you're going here and you're going there and you're going everywhere and instead of just like staying with with the, with the people of God, you're going, I'm just going to go, I'm just going to go over here. Is it possible that your weariness has more to do with your inability to listen to the voice of God than it does? with your physical tiredness? Am I open for attack? Now there's good news. Jesus said this in Matthew 11. Jesus said, come to me, all of you who are weary and carry heavy burdens and what? I will give you, take my yoke upon you, let me teach you because I'm humble and gentle at heart and you will find rest for your souls. You know where anxiety and depression lives? In your soul your mind, your will, and your emotions. You come to Jesus. You lay it all down before him. He says, I'm going to help you find rest for your soul. For my yoke is easy to bear, and the burden I give you is light. If you're tired and you're weary and you're exhausted in this season, Jesus says, come to me. Come to me. Those who were attacked were those who were straggling behind. Can I just give you an encouragement? You're trying to follow Jesus. You're doing the best you can. You're trying to juggle your schedule. You're trying to, can I just encourage you to get close and to stay close to Jesus? Get close and stay close to Jesus. Get close and stay close to Jesus. Those who were under attack, those who, who just, those who fell behind, they're just like, you know what? I, I'm just gonna, I just, I'm gonna go this way and then I'm gonna go this way. And, I'm, and you find that you're lost, but the truth is you're lost because you decided that you were better off on your own. James 4 verse 8 says, come close to God and God will come close to you. Wash your hands, you sinners, purify your hearts for your loyalty is divided between God and the world. You're like, what happens when I get close? Romans 10, 11 says, as scriptures tell us, anyone who trusts in him will never be disgraced. So come close, get close, stay close. I'm gonna say this, and this is an unpopular opinion in 2024. 
Come to church every week. Every week. You're like, but you don't understand my kids' sports schedules. Your kids' sports schedules are running your life, and they are the Lord of your life. Unpopular in 2024. Canceled already. I haven't even started. Yeah, but you don't understand my, you know, I do understand. I understand that if everything else gets priority, then this is nothing but a good idea. And you're like, but it's following Jesus is not just about Sunday. You're right. It's like Monday through Saturday, every single day, every single moment. But the truth is, in our broken human condition, we lose focus by about Tuesday at 9.30 a.m. So this is an opportunity to say, you know what, I'm going to put this marker in the sand and I'm going to show up and I'm going to change the atmosphere and I'm going to lift up hands and I'm going to encourage and I'm going to, I'm going to stand here and I'm going to get close to God because here's what you do when you stand, sit in an environment like this or you stand in an environment like this, you put yourself into proximity of the presence of God because there's so many of us who are yearning for more of God things but we don't know how to get there by ourselves. So church is giving us the tools to draw near on our own. But it doesn't mean you withdraw because in Hebrews 10, it says, do not forsake the gathering together. There's a weariness of soul because we're trying to carry it on our own in a, in a new season. To do all that God is, has for you, you can't carry it on your own. He's going to have to carry you through. Why don't you stand to your feet? In Ecclesiastes 3, it says, yes, God has made everything beautiful for its own time. He's planted eternity in the human heart. But even so, people cannot see the whole scope of God's work from beginning to end. That's right. We're launching into 2024. It's a new season. I believe it's a new season for you. It's a new season for your family. It's a new season. You're stepping into something new. And it's incredible when we follow Jesus one step at a time. This is the St. Church Glastonbury Podcast. I'm Brett. Thanks for joining us.